1: You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter box. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. We are still continuing our Semi-Pro Sunday series and we need to get these episodes out so when you go to the ball field you know who are some of the big teams and some of the big players to check out. The season starts in Bellevue this Thursday, May 28th and I am excited to have with me the longtime manager of the Farley Hawks, Paul Sherman, who many of the previous managers have mentioned that they are always one of the top teams. So thank you to Paul Sherman for reaching out and agreeing to do this interview. Welcome, Paul, to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. It's
0: uh, my pleasure, Nick. I'm I'm glad you uh, included me.
1: I I got your number. You were the only program that did not have a Twitter page. So I got your information through Brian Breen, one of my old uh, Hempstead contacts, one of my old bowling contacts from probably 20 or so years ago. So, Paul, my first question for you is tell us about the rich history of Farley baseball. (laughs) Well, it, it goes, and you know,
0: and listening to some of your other interviews, they had mentioned it goes. the Prairie League goes back to the 40s, which it does. Uh, I guess I've been involved with Farley. I played my first game in 65 and started managing in 71, so that's how far I go back. But I know my dad played in the 40s. Um, I know I've seen pictures and stories of games played prior to that. But uh, just like a lot of these teams, like the Cascades and um, the Epworths, the, the people that have been in the, long, in the Prairie League for a, a long time, those teams, those town teams have been a long, you know, around a lot longer than uh, I have, and a lot, a lot of the players and managers right now.
1: And preparing for the 2020 season, who are some of the players when we go out to Farley Park this summer that we'll see on your roster
0: well, fortunately, they're going to be pretty much the same as last year. We really haven't lost anybody. Um, Andy Seabrook, who's been playing for us for a long time, he's a huge part of our team and and probably been our MVP for several years. Um, and th- those are the guys that I really appreciate being around uh, and playing for Farley because we play over 50 games a year. We're in, in two leagues. So guys like that, uh, some of the, the – Players that have been around for a while, Chris Kerper, uh, Brian Breen, you mentioned Brian. Uh, so those are guys that have been playing for 15 or years or so more. Uh, they'll be around. They're, Andy will still be very active. Brian and, and Chris maybe not so much as they have been in the past because they're also coaching uh, their sons. But you have like a Dylan Gatto, Alex Boston, Craig Kerper, a couple of the Onstetter boys that have been around. Um, and lucky enough to have Calvin, you know, Calvin Harris. I'm not sure how long he'll be around. He'll he'll uh, probably uh, get drafted and then uh, decide what he's going to do in that regard, but he's a great guy. Um, so those, did, that's kind of the core.
1: I did core see that team. Scott Harris is still on your roster too. Does Scott still suit up from time to time?
0: Scott makes the a, a lot of the games. Of course, if Calvin's around Scott, uh, Scott's there, but he'll come to games. He's he's been part of Farley for a long, long time, uh, part of the t- tradition, and it's good to have a guy like Scott on the bench when you get these younger guys to come in um, to you know tutor them if if they might not do something, might not hustle like we like our players to do. Uh, he'll get on them and uh, make it right. So that's that's great that Scott's still around. He. Uh, He batted a few times last year, so he still likes to uh, get the bat. But just like all of us, at some point in time, we reach that age where we just can't compete with those young guys. So we've been talking about players and some coaches and how Scott Harris helps on the bench. I I have to include my son, Mike, who helps me coach. Uh, every game, he was probably at more games last year than I was. I missed a few, but he's always there. Um, important, an important part of our team, and also he's he's a, a big asset when it comes to working on the field also. So I can't forget Mike.
1: Probably an awesome experience, too, to be able to coach with your son. I can't think of a better thing that I could do if I would happen to have a son in the future. I mentioned Andy Seabrook. Every single podcast that I have done – talking about semi-pro baseball they have mentioned that he is one of the top players in the league what is it about him that makes him so successful that all of the other teams would tip their cap to him
0: well if you're about a 6'5 left hander um, and you can bat from the left side and hit third or fourth that's probably telling you how good he is And he makes all the, I think he might have missed two games last year. So he loves to play. Uh, He's in it, like I say, 95% of the time. His priority during the summer is baseball. And the love of the game just motivates him. And um,
1: he's a very good player, competitive. uh, So now he has the
0: experience. He's he's 34 years old. So uh, uh, on the mound, he might have lost some velocity, but the knowledge that he has up there and Certainly, certainly
1: helps. And did did he ever play in the professional ranks at all? Because I've I've heard stories about him reaching to this day in the in the low to mid nineties.
0: I think in his day, on a good day, he would he could throw ninety. Um, and he went to Upper Iowa. He played up there, and out of up, I his dad actually played for us, so that was the connection that we had with Andy, um, his dad, Tim played for us a little bit and pitched against us. So Andy, uh, hooked up with us and, uh, has been here ever since he, he, uh, he hasn't, he didn't play any professional baseball.
1: Wow. That's, uh, that's interesting. Now, before we move on to the next question, is there anybody on your current roster that you may have accidentally left off or may have forgotten?
0: Um, Brian Miller. Brian Miller's been around. He's he plays second base. He's another guy that makes all the te- all the games. Um, there's a Parker Ridge that plays for Workburg. Dylan Gatto would be another guy who is he may he a uh, great pitcher from Workburg. His season started very success successfully this year to be cut short with the you know COVID 19. Um, he beat Key West last year in. Uh, League finals one to nothing, so that tells you if he's on, um, you know, the Key West the offense the Key West has. If you can hold him to one run or nothing, no runs, you're doing quite well. Um, Parker Ridge, he was he's a work for guy that loves to come and play. Um, those are the guys that are with were with us most of the time last year. Um, I kind of have a, a way of filling the lineup. We have our our base, our core team, and if they can't make the game, I send out a text to see who's available for the four games in the future and then uh, fill in after that with some other players. And, uh, some of those other players that have been around too is Aaron Sogling. He can't play all the time because he coaches. Uh, he's a great fill-in, um, so people like that help out also.
1: Now who are some guys that we have been used to seeing on the Farley field that may for one reason or another have decided that they're going to hang it up and no longer play?
0: I think I alluded to a couple of those, you know, Chris Kerper is getting up there and he'll appreciate me saying that. I'm sure he will. Um, but, and then he, he, he coaches a team. So he, his priorities are in the right spot. The same with Brian. Um, Brian's body takes a, takes up the meeting when he catches three and he, he's last year, he'd catch two or three games in a row, which when Calvin wasn't available. So, uh, he has to worry about, you know, his taking care of himself right now and he coaches, um, everybody else is pretty much on board. Um, I have a grandson, actually my grandson, Matt is going to be around Farley this summer. He's a newcomer, so he'll be around. Um, So I I think that pretty much catches it. There's a couple high school guys that fill in. Sawyer Nauman is um, going to be available depending on the high school season, and Hunter Westoff always helps us out uh, when we need a pitcher or a position player.
1: And that was going to be my follow-up question with you about the 2020 Farley Hawks. Is there any newcomers this year that you're expecting big things from?
0: Not really. Um, There's a guy named Griffin... Um, Shigoda that was had an internship in Dubuque, he caught for Augustana. Um, now his internship is uh, kind of on hold. He won't, won't be living in Dubuque. He'll be, still be living in the um, Rock Island area, so I'm not sure how that is going to work. It would have worked out well if he was uh, doing his internship in Dubuque and, and had a place to live here. So I'm not sure if that's going to uh, pan out as much as I thought um so that, he would be the only one that i other than last year's team um that would be very new that wouldn't be would have been seen last year and maybe a couple games
1: yeah and I, I think that's what attributes to your guys' success so much is people always talk about the core and it seems like for your program that you guys always have the same core group of guys back. There's not a lot of turnover with Farley. And when you look at your uh, last year's record and previous records, you guys are always at the top of, of both leagues. Now you're coming off a season where you went 39 and 16. And we know that Farley is always one of the elite teams. What what do you think attributes to the success of Farley?
0: First of all I, I just have to go back I forgot one guy who was who was very important last year yeah, sorry about go, that No not a and problem it's, at it's, all It's Derek Carden Derrick Carden is from Dubuque uh he, he was uh he was going to be I believe a closer there again his season got cut short He was going to be a closer for UD he went 10 and 2 for us last year uh and did a great job I would I I I wouldn't want to forget him
1: Hempstead prep um, and you, you have a lot of college guys Dylan and and uh, Derek there that are going to get a lot of innings for you since their seasons were cut short.
0: Right. And um, alluding to that a little bit also, some of these rosters might be a little different because there's college guys where they might have gone to a Northwoods league or you know a league like that where now they're going to hook up with somebody around here to get, get their innings in.
1: Yeah, Eric Sousa from the Bernard Indians, him and I just had that same conversation earlier today with the Northwoods League and the Prospects League and uh, Greg Bennett and Sam Link, um, some kids from the area that were going to play there with those leagues. Currently up in the air, you're going to see a lot of those guys looking for good places to get at bats or get good innings. And I have been told from... Great friends of mine who have moved out of the area to Arizona and Wisconsin that nothing compares to the competition that they get from the Dubuque Semi-Pro Leagues, which I, I found astonishing. I thought if you move to Phoenix, Arizona, you're going to face a lot uh, difficult talent there than you would here in Dubuque, but they said that that is the, the complete opposite When you think about the success that you've had with Farley, and you've been a manager there for many, many years, what do you think has attributed to the success?
0: I think it's the guys who commit to that uh, big of a schedule, you know, a 50-game schedule. Since 79, we've been in both leagues, and uh, I'm sure a normal season is 50, 50 games or more, depending on how you do in the tournaments. So... I think the guys that really want to play, really love the game, are going to play two, three, maybe even four nights a week. Um, they know they can do that with Farley. Uh, they know they have to do it. So, uh, and if it works in their schedule, uh, they're maybe they're the right guy that we're looking for. Um, I want competitive guys. We don't and we don't worry about statistics. I don't think many teams around here worry about statistics except uh, if you win this game or win this tournament. So, um, you know, they're looking for a, a team to play with that plays a lot of games, stays competitive, and uh, just has, has some fun. We have, we have fun uh, <laughs> on and off the field. There's plenty of stories, just like uh, I've heard the past couple interviews. Uh, I think every team around here, what you do during the game and after the game creates the friendships.
1: Yeah, and, and we hope to do a, a follow-up episode. People have reached out to me and said, is this all for semi-pro? Or are you going to cover... Semi pro more and I said, well, it all depends on the numbers if If we do them and people listen to it we 'll come back to it but if if we put these semi pro episodes out and nobody listens then then we 'll see. But the great news is is people are listening and and i haven 't been promoting these episodes as much as I do with my other episodes, but um, we have some episodes after one or two days that are already over two hundred plays which which has really exceeded my expectations. So uh, we are looking to do some follow-up ep- episodes to get the downside of things, the, the funny stories, the great memories, the things that, that happen that, that not a lot of people uh, would know about just from watching a game. Now, we know that Farley will be at the top of um, both leagues that you guys play in who do you think will be some other top teams and some other top players that you'll see this year
0: well as far as the teams go i mean there's a great parody in the teams around here you know i i guess if you'd use the bottom brackets of all the tournaments anything can happen uh, on any day when those teams are playing each other uh, everybody seems to have a, a Pitcher that can beat you on a certain day. It kind of depends on how, how the pitching lines up. But if, if you look at the bottom brackets of tournaments, the Budweiser's, Key West, all those, Cascade, and I'm, I I'm—I don't want to leave out anybody. Um, Darsville, Rickardsville, all those guys. Bernard, uh, they're developing into you know a bottom bracket team where the host team, uh, it's just the way it goes. The host team doesn't want the, the better teams – in uh, the upper bracket because you want to keep your fans around to watch a a final game. And it's, we're no different. You know, we're in the top bracket in our tournament and then the bottom bracket in every other tournament. So um, all those teams are good, you know, um, and and there again, on a given day, you, I could go down with the Bellevues, you know, the pitchers, Chet Kinnake's been around. He, you know, he's a good player. I, I'd have to go through and I would miss somebody, but yeah. um, there's a lot of good players in uh, in the league. They're competitive. Um, and, and the great thing about this area, you know, there's two leagues, but you have 10 different four game seasons out there. Each tournament is, you know, a chance to advance and win a championship. So that, I think that's what's really neat around here. You can Maybe lose the first game in one tournament and then play better or do, do better in the next tournament, play a different team and be in the semifinals and finals, which is everybody's goal around here.
1: Now, Paul, you mentioned Chet Kinnade. I've, I've heard some rumors about him. I'm curious if you could uh, verify them for me. Um, rumor is that he swings about a thousand ounce bat. Do you know if that's true or is that just uh, fake news?
0: I think it just looks like it. I mean, he's, I don't know, a thousand-ounce bat, and he really gets his cuts, you know. Um, I, but I don't know how heavy his bat is. I don't think it's a thousand-ounce.
1: I, I, I can't remember what episode it was mentioned in, but somebody mentioned uh, his bat, and I know you've been around for long, and I, I know they said that, that it's a huge bat. I didn't know if I, you knew the exact ounces on that. Now, how do you think Farley's going to fare this year? If, if you uh, had to project how many tournaments you may win and and what your uh, overall win-loss record might be, what are you hoping for?
0: I would say if we um, had as good a record this year as we did last year and won a couple tournaments like we did last year, we'd be doing well. That um, Anytime you can do that. I can't remember ever when we won both leagues, the league championship. Um, so, And last year we got beat out in first games of several tournaments, so that allows us to maybe line up our pitching a little better for league, league games. But uh, if we win a couple tournaments, get into the playoffs of both leagues, to me that's a pretty successful season, especially this year. There's so many things that are undetermined who's going to be playing if the D1 guys are going to be around and playing, which I don't know why they wouldn't be. I know of some junior college guys that are playing on teams that weren't around last year. So um, that, that will make this, this year interesting.
1: Yeah, I know I've been watching how that's that un- has been unfolding and I was curious if the high school season did not play, how quickly some of the semi-pro teams were going to uh, gather those top players. But they are going to play and we wish them the best of luck in their season. Now I'm sure that Farley has a lot of rivals because you guys are traditionally at the top so what are some of those those rivalries that you have and I'm not necessarily meaning it in a negative way but who are some of those teams that you really look forward to playing and you really look forward to beating
0: well listening to an interview with Epworth and Cascade they had mentioned our name um they would be two rivals for sure uh and those go, those go back forever. I can, I can never remember where it wasn't a rival. You know, even when I started in the sixties and seventies, um, it was in the cascade, uh, team, you know, um, Merlin Simon was manager. He is gone now, but I mean, I go, before. you know, when Merlin was managing and, uh, we just, it was serious. Well, you just talked, we briefly talked about you playing and a uh, home run was hit and, the opposing pitcher didn't appreciate it, and the next time, you know, the ball was <laughs> at a guy. So, um, those are those are two of the top. Just like they had mentioned, um, Key West. We're, we're always playing Key West. That's um, a rivalry. Also, I think we've mellowed out a little bit with them. Um, but whenever you're whenever you're playing, you're trying to win. But you're. I would say that the that the uh, Epworth, Cascade would be the top two. That's pretty accurate.
1: We are here with Paul Sherman of the Farley Hawks. And Paul, we're going to enter the time where it's shameless plugs and promotions. So you can um, promote Farley, promote the area, promote your tournaments. Now, does Farley have a tournament that you'd like to promote?
0: Well, we have for quite a while. I think it started in the '80s. The JCs started that tournament. Uh, then the park board—it's officially the park board tournament—a uh, board that runs the entire Farley Park. So it's 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 called the Farley Park Board Tournament. And usually, if we in the early years we had it in August. And then when Holy Cross dropped out, dropped their tournament out we became the second tournament in the year in early June. So that's been going on for quite a while and it works out. Okay. Um, we do have to kind of work around the high school schedule, but we're able to do that. Um, we, I'm, I sent out an email to the participating managers in regard to this year's tournament. Um, I just found out that there will not be a concession stand. Uh, they're not going to open up the concessions at all at Farley this summer because the high school doesn't allow them anyway. So I'm sure I'm assuming that they're deciding they're not going to buy licenses for, you know, a one-week tournament. So there won't be concessions. We will have the tournament. As far as I know, I haven't gotten a complete okay from the park board. We will have the tournament, um, and there will be carry-ins. So we're we're trying to figure out how people can – can carry in their own food and
1: beverage and uh, still have a good time at the game. Tyler Horner Which, and the Epworth Orioles just uh, went crazy when they heard that announcement and we're not even live that, that they uh, are allowed to bring in some carry-ins. Now, do you have the dates on that or is it still up in limbo because of, of COVID-19?
0: I did send out the dates, so if everything goes as planned, there are going to be four games on June 6th, four games on the 7th, and then two games on the 8th and 9th, and then the semis would be the 12th of June, and then at Farley we just play a championship. We don't have a consolation. Uh, That would be the 13th of June.
1: Thanks, Paul, for uh, providing those dates for us. And, and I absolutely love watching a game at Farley Park. You can't find a nicer diamond. You can't find a nicer seating, seating arrangement. It's, it's a magical place to watch a baseball game, no matter what level of game that, that you're watching. If we want to see a game, how do we come across finding a schedule? When do you guys uh, generally play?
0: You know, I was thinking about that um, and realizing that people are eager to get out and see a baseball game. There hasn't been any professional games that somehow the league should um, give their schedule or teams maybe the day before. Some of these get get made up, but provide that schedule to the telegraph so people can, uh, you know, actually look look at that in the morning and see if there's game, you know, a game that they might want to attend that evening.
1: Yeah, and uh,
0: but. My our schedule, you know, I, I I guess the leagues could provide. I don't know why those le- the leagues wouldn't provide the master schedule to the TH and and maybe work something out there.
1: Yeah. Now a lot of the teams actually not. A lot of them, all of them except you guys, have a presence on social media. Now, do you guys um, have a Facebook page or a Twitter page, or um, do you just get your games out, your information out through the th?
0: It'd be mostly the th. Um, I should put someone in charge of our social media. Um, some some of the younger guys, <laughs> but uh, I. I, I I will address that, and and I enjoy it. You know, I I see the tweets, and I think it it's interesting, but I just haven't I'm haven't got into that. You know, I I'm gonna have to assign that to a to a team member.
1: And and I and I don't blame you, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I'm thinking that you are a little bit older than me. And I'm 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 good with Facebook. I started Facebook the first day it came out, but then uh, Twitter was new, and then there's Instagram now, and it's weird because I'm on the Dubuque area baseball podcast is on all three of them, and all three of them have a completely different audience from Facebook to Twitter to Instagram. Um, before we uh, end our podcast with an inning-ending double play, Paul, is there anything that you would like to promote? About Farley, anything you'd like to tell us about your team before we end here today?
0: No, I think we've covered it all, um, and I'm appreciative that you included me in in one of the interviews. You know, we we do have a long long lasting tradition, um, and I appreciate you finding out about that.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to share it. I I uh, reached out through all the teams through Twitter, and you were the only. Uh, team that did not have Twitter and I got your number from Brian Breen and and I felt really nervous calling you because it's it's kind of odd um for me I'm a little on the shy side to pick up a phone and call somebody that I don't know but when I saw it was a 590 number I, I I just wanted to throw that text out there so so thank you for getting back to me and thank you for telling me and our listening audience about the uh Rich history of Farley. Are you in the Bellevue tournament? We are. We are. And um, we're gonna have this out before the Bellevue tournament starts. So tell us, tell your fans, where are you going to be playing, and what time are you going to be playing in the Farley tournament?
0: I'm just gonna add a oh, little. I'm note sorry, to that not Chet Farley
1: tournament. Me, Bellevue tournament. My fault.
0: Um. I'll add a note to that Chet called me today and the governor came up with some new openings and it, it sounded like he thought the openings were going to be June 1st instead of the 28th. But uh, I think I gave him a number to call and I think he got that straightened out that he, his last text to me was he thought everything was going to be okay for them to start the 28th. So that tournament's going to start the 28th. And if it stays on schedule, uh, Farley will be playing uh Darsville on Saturday at
1: 3.30. We are excited for baseball to be back, and there's no professional ball being played. There's no minor league baseball being played. There's no college baseball being played, so I can't think of a better time to go see baseball and support people around the area.
0: I was, I was going to uh, thank the Telegraph Herald and Jim Leitner. What a great job he does following and promoting semi-pro and he if uh, every year if you send him the pairings he has those pairings out in the telegraph arrow on the sports page so you can see if your your team's playing and and how things are going so i he does a great job doing yeah that
1: jim does do a great job and he actually is a confirmed guest for the dubuque area baseball podcast we've been throwing back dates back and forth and um i asked him what he wanted to talk about and the first thing in his email that he sent back was he wanted to talk about semi-pro baseball so we thank uh jim leitner for the for the great job that he does Best of luck to the Farley Hawks on the 2020 season. Go ahead and check them out this weekend in the Bellevue Tournament. And also give them a patronage when you go see them play in the Farley Tournament. And just like that, six four, three, we're out of here. Post-game show is brought to you by...
0: Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.
1: Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.